0: Hello! Welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood gets the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction.
1: I'm Lindsay, and I use she, her pronouns.
0: I'm Tanner, they, them. And Lindsay, what have you got this week?
1: Uh, we got, uh, I guess Blessed Be. We've got the biggest source of drama for nerd girls everywhere, something that's already been rebooted, but I'm like, hmm maybe take another crack at this, we are rebooting Charmed.
0: (laughs) Now, okay, yeah, you mentioned it's already, there is a reboot happening right now, it's already airing, it's already made it to TV. Yeah. But we're not rebooting that one, we're rebooting the original Charmed.
1: Yeah. We are going to incorporate some elements from this current iteration of Charmed, because there are some good ideas.
0: Yeah. Uh, I can definitely, because I haven't seen any of the original Charmed, and I saw the first half, of the first season of The New Charmed where they had a good idea in the sense that they were diversifying a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. but a lot of it came off extremely like, look at how diverse we are! Look at all the women we have! It's feminism! We heard you like feminism! We heard feminism is highly marketable! Yeah. We don't know what it is, but we're gonna tell you about it.
1: Yeah, and then there was some issues with the marketing of the new series because they were saying, like, our cast is Afro Latina and only one, no, two out of the three main casts. Uh,
0: no, it, it is only one. Yeah. because I, I, yeah, I was looking into this too. Only one of them is, and technically she's Afro Caribbean. Yeah. And the girl who, uh, um, Aubrey, no, oh, I, I know 50% of her name. Because <laughs> she was in Daphne and Velma. She played Daphne. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: She was also in Descendants. She played the daughter of Sleeping Beauty, and I think she was the villain in the second one. Hmm. Sarah Jeffrey.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, she is mixed race, uh, Caucasian and black, and it was advertised that her character was Latina and that another character, like the, the their long-lost third sister, was also Afro-Latina. Yeah. I... But, it, but it turns out that, no, like that sister is just... Uh, black uh, Caucasian mixed race and then also it turned out that th- they did th- th- uh, have a reveal that Sarah Jeffrey's character wasn't even Latina to begin with so that was a factor too but still the whole thing was real iffy
1: and they kind of left they kind of left the actresses hanging because you know this, I don't want to blame the actresses for the writing mistakes yeah yeah so there's there was that and then with the second season, um, there was a major they change forgot about the whole point. The, there was a major change to the uh, showrunning staff.
0: Right, yes, that's what happened.
1: And uh, it seems like the showrunners the new showrunners did not like what the uh, first season showrunners were doing.
0: Yeah, the first season was like, we're going to do a lot of lip service to social justice, because that's marketable. And then the second season, the showrunner said, we're going to do a lot of lip service to anti-social justice, because that's also marketable. It's
1: Like, oh, fuck, just stop. Stop. Like, honestly, the major problems with OG Charmed is that, A, it's kind of dated. <laughs> it didn't age that gracefully. B, there seems to have been a lot of drama behind the scenes and we're going to try and avoid that. Please and thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And C, I honestly think it kind of went for a bit too long.
0: Oh yeah, eight seasons is stretching it.
1: Yeah. Like, especially when it's... It felt like it was trying to do both the Monster of the Week and have a... Solid narrative throughout, and it wasn't really able to balance both.
0: Yeah, it's funny how this ran at almost the exact same time as Buffy.
1: Yeah,
0: um, actually, what network was it on? Even I think it was on ABC. Oh, no, it was on the WB. Oh, yeah, so it ran alongside Buffy, but Buffy was always a little bit stronger than Charmed was. Yeah, and when it came to ratings and just fan presence, and Charmed actually outlasted Buffy.
1: Yeah, so I remember having a conversation uh, about two weeks ago with Ryan about, like, the ideal length for a TV series. And he suggested about five seasons. Also, he was uh, re-watching Friday Night Lights, which is a really good series, even if right. you don't like and football. Right, and Friday
0: Night Lights, that had shorter seasons too, didn't it? At least yeah. near the end?
1: Yeah, especially near the end. And there was this one, I think it was the second season, it got a shorter length because it got affected by the writer strike, so... Mm, yeah. Yeah. Shit like that's gonna happen.
0: See, I would say the ideal length for a show is seven seasons, but five of them are faux length seasons, and the last two are shorter seasons, where you can just get weird with it. Okay. (laughs) Because that's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. literally right now. Ah,
1: okay. (laughs) And you're just loving it.
0: (gasps) I'm loving it. It's doing many things.
1: Anyway... Anyway, Um, Charmed. Charmed. So, basically... None of the
0: original cast is returning. Except maybe Kaylee Cuoco. I think she's the only one who has not said horrible things about people in the intervening years. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm just gonna say that OG Charm Cast has a lot of drama queens. Yeah. I'm just gonna... That's why
0: Shannon Doherty died. Yeah.
1: That's why we were like, there was a lot of issues behind the scenes. Yep. It was bad.
0: <laughs> I will say this though, it's hard, it's hard to declare now reboot, Well we will have no behind the scenes drama because you don't always you can't cast around that.
1: Yeah. We're just gonna try and manage it better. I don't know how you do that. Maybe have onset therapists.
0: <laughs> I don't I don't I don't understand how behind the scenes stuff works especially especially because between just like trying to keep up appearances and actual NDAs a lot of people involved in shows be like oh yeah we're best friends everything is great and then as soon as the show is done they're like fucking hate that bitch
1: like i can understand stress induced from like long hours the sets tend to be uncomfortable that's what, that just grates on people and you get irritable but like yeah Uh, Sometimes, yeah, I don't know how they don't do cast chemistry. At least with New Charmed, the sisters do mesh really well together. They do
0: feel like sisters. Yeah. Again, from the, like, ten episodes I've seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they have good chemistry. That's the main thing that we're looking for. We need the actresses to have good chemistry, and also one of the things that we are doing with the sisters is that instead of being biological sisters, they are all adopted. Nice. Yes, because I'm like... Okay. We can just build like the personal stories and how their relationship to magic all works around the actresses and their own backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the main story I'm doing is basically giving Charm to Clean Sweep. I am keeping the alliterative names, but I'm not using P or M. I just had, front of the alphabet, we're going to give them A names. <laughs>
0: Alright. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why not? So, I'm calling our main sisters... Anna, Audrey, and Allison, and I tried to keep the original powers, again, as a bit of a through line to make sure that the charm fans are comfortable with this, but I changed around some of who has what powers, and I ended up giving the, uh, which was it, the time manipulation powers to the secret hidden force sister who's going to appear in the third season, or the second season, depending on how things shake out.
0: So are are we doing a sister, a, a sister swappy, swappy sisters?
1: Uh, no. This is what I have planned. So you have... Okay. O- you have... Wait, the- have
0: we told people what Charmed is?
1: Oh, yeah. Yet. So... Oh, shit. <laughs> Get in. I'm putting the cart before the horse. So anyway... Extremely.
0: <laughs> both, I mean, we both are.
1: OG Charmed was a show that ran from 1998 to 2006, wearing three sisters from San Francisco... I use girl power, magic powers to vanquish demons through the powers of CGI rhymes and a lot of cleavage. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to say 2000 Sahara outfits did not age well.
0: No, but they're the easiest to spot.
1: Yeah, (laughs) there's a Twitter thread I go on around. Inspired by this one mannequin at a store that looks like it was put together by two thousands era Disney Channel costumers.
0: (laughs) It's mm. see, so between Charmed and Buffy and other stuff around that time, so much of it is like earth deep v earth tones with a midriff and lots of bracelets, bracelets and necklaces and bangles.
1: Just like the skirt over the pants and like there's also a sarong involved somehow. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks to like <laughs> freaking Ninja Storm.
0: <laughs> see Tori made it work.
1: Yeah, Tori made it work. I No. Kira from Dino Thunder had some she had some outfits.
0: Yeah, well see with she had like a the rocker personality and so they could go a little bit more out of the box.
1: Yeah, it's just oh. ugh. <laughs> It's like when our parents look at their, like, yearbook photos from the 70s and 80s and are like, oof.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, oh, all those turtlenecks.
1: Yeah.
0: It has been years since I've seen a turtleneck and I'm glad.
1: There's some turtlenecks that do work, but it has to be very, a monochrome outfit, I feel.
0: It has to be, like, it has to be the person, it can't be the, the outfit.
1: Yeah. Anyway. You must have
0: the turtleneck to wear the turtleneck. Anyways, yeah. these three witch sisters.
1: Yeah, so three witch sisters you, uh, named... originally they were Prue, Phoebe, and Piper, but then, because of the aforementioned behind-the-scenes drama, Shannon Doherty got killed off, so they replaced Prue with Rose McGowan's Paige for, like, the remainder of the series, and basically they are supposed to be the three most powerful witches who have ever have been born, and they protect the innocents from the forces of evil. Yeah, Pretty much that. There's a lot of relationship drama, and eventually babies, and they vacillate between wanting to be the charmed ones and wanting to have normal lives, and it's just a cycle, kind of, like, supernatural. <sighs> yeah.
0: Basically, it's Buffy if they were all adults. And instead of Buffy, Willow, and Xander, it was just three different Willows.
1: Yeah. And then New Charmed was set in a fictional Ohio college town. I don't know why they just didn't set it in Athens, Ohio, which is a real-life college town.
0: (laughs) Put it in Lima, Ohio, and they can meet the new directions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And with three supposed... Supposedly Latinx sisters, and...
0: Allegedly Latina.
1: Yeah, allegedly Latina. Like, at least the matriarch of the family is 100% Latina, but, like, yeah.
0: Which which almost makes it worse, because then you're, like, trying to... I mean, it gets really concerning when you have to figure out lineage to determine if they're doing representation correctly, but, yeah. like, you you just miss the mark entirely.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: because they, they fell into the same lazy casting of like, well, surely all brown people look the same, so as long as they're brown-ish we can just pass them off as Latina. Yeah. What's that? You're Pacific Islander? Yeah, but you're the correct shade. Well.
1: <gasps> so, anyway, uh, also these three sisters have M names. They're Mel, Macy, and Maggie. And thanks were kind of going great, it was kind of getting grooved, but then the original showrunner left! and the new showrunners are like fuck it we're gonna set it in Seattle and we're gonna have it all take place in like a work co-op called Safe Space Uh. (laughs) and we're gonna put the most like like the oldest of the sisters she's kind of uncomfortable with her sexuality because she hasn't Shipped in her V-card, or traded in her V-card yet, and she... And
0: asexuals don't exist in this show. Yeah, which apparently was something asexuals I was already, don't exist. I was already yelling at the TV when I was still watching.
1: So they didn't even explore that, but then they decide, you know what, we're gonna have her go undercover in, like, these demon nightclubs, and we're gonna put her into the sluttiest outfits possible. It's Like, I fucking hate this. I fucking... Why? Why do you hate this so much?
0: Now, was it season one or season two where the youngest has a magic vagina.
1: I I think it was... Because season one also involved a sorority, and that...
0: Just because I have seen the one clip where Sarah Jeffrey's character, who she's getting busy with her boyfriend, who's half-demon, and then he gets blasted across the room, and then they both, like, she looks down, and he looks at her, and there's, like, just a glowing light coming from between her legs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's season one.
0: (laughs) Your vagina is haunted. (laughs)
1: <laughs> don't I know it <laughs> so anyway we're scrapping all that um, I am gonna keep the Seattle locale because I'm like this is a CW show everything's filmed in like the metro Vancouver area anyway let's just not hide it anymore
0: yeah it's it's pretty much the same biome yeah. yeah it's
1: literally the same climate like When I was growing up on Vancouver Island, like, I was astonished by the amount of rain because you would think that Vancouver Island gets the same amount of rain as Vancouver itself, but as it turns out, my side of the island is in a rain shadow. So we actually got like, uh, uh, wildfire warnings every, every summer. Yeah, it's going to be in Seattle. I, I was thinking about setting it in like a serial number filed off Aberdeen, Washington because Aberdeen is where Kurt Cobain is from. And I'm like, Ooh, Grunge connection. But then I'm like, oh, Aberdeen kind of, like, there's a reason why, <laughs> why the, one of the main acts from, of Grunge comes from Aberdeen. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Hmm. So is one of the sisters going to be a rocker? Is one of the sisters going to be Kira from Dino Charge? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? Why not make her the youngest sister? Because I've already assigned her the air powers. Oh, yeah, we're, we're adding in classical elements to this. Because that was something that neither version of Charmed really leaned into. Even though that's kind of a yeah. thing in more so the new agey Wicca stuff, but like classical elements are seen all over the place, and there's different types of classical elements too. Yeah. Anyway, our sisters. We're going to start with Anna because she's the oldest. She's born December twenty first, nineteen ninety two, and December twenty first is going to be important aside from the whole winter solstice thing. Okay. I decided that she's going to be a toxicologist. Uh, she has empath powers, and she's associated with Earth. Um, then there's Audrey, who's born June 23rd, 1994. She's the middle sister. She has precognition and water powers. She's an artist, a really good swimmer, because, duh, water. And also she, I was thinking that she should work at, like, a bookstore. Like, a used bookstore. Maybe an a cult bookstore. She's the one who's really into this magic stuff. Nice. And then there's the youngest, Allison, who's born September 29th, 1998. No, it's not a reference to me who's born a day before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was more to make sure that she's fully in an air sign zodiac and also it's associated with St. Michael because reasons why not. Mm -hmm. So her powers are associated with air and she has telekinesis. She's still a university student and studying communications and she's also in a band. Nice. Ooh, let's make her like a riot girl. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, they're all adopted, and their mother is Michelle Brody. Mom's originally from Pittsburgh, um, (laughs) and she comes from a long line of uh, granny witches, or granny healers, from the Appalachian Mountains. Okay. Yeah, because I've... I think I've mentioned this podcast a couple of times on this show, but there is a really good horror anthology called The Old Gods of Appalachia, and they have a witch family that's, like, matriarchal called The Walkers. And I'm like, oh my god, these ladies are so cool, and they're fighting eldritch abominations. (laughs) And they've also got this figure called The Witch Queen, and she's freaking awesome, too. She's also called The Dooley Daughters. They purposely never give her an actual first name. But yeah, the Witch Queen is amazing. So I'm like, okay, I'm totally into plugging this into, like, Appalachian folk magic. With Michelle's backstory, she's also one of three sisters. That's kind of a thing in the Bordy family is that no matter how many sons you get, get, there will always be three daughters. Okay. So Madeline and Morley are Michelle's sisters. And then their mother was named Priscilla, and she has two sisters named Pauline and Pamela. Okay. So still wanna make sure that the OG Charm fans are okay with this. <laughs> and the fans of the current incarnation.
0: What fans of the current incarnation?
1: Or our our current incarnation. Um
0: Who's who's still watching it because they like it? I think everyone's just watching it for the train wreck. Yeah. I think more people legitimately like Riverdale than they like New Charmed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> At least Riverdale acknowledges that it's trash.
0: Riverdale aims to be high trash.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So, way back in, say, the late 80s, early 90s, Michelle, she's like, eh, about 19-ish, 1920-ish. She's living in Pittsburgh. She comes from a very working class family. But Pittsburgh is also famous for having a lot of really prestige universities. So... She meets a guy from the University of Pittsburgh by the name of Vincent Warren, and they hit it off, and, um, someone forgot a condom. Whoops. (laughs) Bit of a whoops. And (laughs) you can just hear the pop adult preach in the background. Um, Michelle has a baby. Uh, names her Amber, but gets pressured by the Warren family, who are infinitely more wealthy than the Brodies are. I should mention, Pittsburgh is a very working-class city. It's a steel city. And back in like 70s and 80s, it was not having a good time. One of the reasons why I picked Pittsburgh is because it's on a crossroads, too. It's at the confluence of three rivers. It's at the meeting point yeah. of three regions within the within the U S three sisters. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go full magic with this. Um, Michelle's dad is also the seventh son of a seventh son. Oh boy. (laughs) Yeah. So let's just say that Vincent Warren dating Michelle Brody wasn't a coincidence. And also, I found this out while listening to a podcast about Madame Helena Blavatsky, who is a very important figure within Western occultism. She was born in July, and July in Russian culture is considered a particularly powerful, magical month. Okay. Um, it's believed that someone born in July can control the household spirits. So I'm like, okay, going to add in some sevens in here. So Michelle's also born on the 7th of July. So... <laughs> Yeah, just all the magical numbers. So, this kid, Amber, um, she's going to be the guardian at the threshold. She's kind of going to be like our version of the Phoenix from, like, X-Men.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: with fire powers, telepathy, and she's not exactly going to be a good guy either when she's eventually introduced. But, because of all this, and with some maturity, uh, Michelle kind of also finds out about a very about a big plan within the magical community to bring balance back to magic. Because instead of the whole good versus evil conflict, I'm going with an order versus chaos conflict. Okay. Yeah. Because I prefer that and you can get a lot better nuance out of it. Mm -hmm. So, basically, you have the White Lodge, who are the quote-unquote good magicians or good magic users. They represent order. Yeah. They're more into the ceremonial stuff. They're Fairly hierarchical kind of classes, too, because I'm also going to mention something from a 2018 term that I felt should have been more important. Um, Then you got the side of Chaos, who is like, do what thou wilt. They like to cloak themselves in darkness and chaos and all that sort of stuff. You know, Apollo versus Dionysus, that sort of stuff. And they've kind of been in conflict with each other, even though they kind of need each other to maintain order and balance of magic. Mm -hmm. Because too much order almost negates magic, and too much chaos kind of also negates... They both negate magic, but in different ways. So I was thinking, with chaos, it's like so chaotic, nothing can really form properly. And with order, it's so balanced and perfect that it's it, it's almost like two magnets when um, the same side kind of like thrusts each other away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting into the metaphysics of this, but also, like, <laughs> neither show really goes in depth into their own mythology, and a, one of the problems from OG Charmed was that the person in charge of the show Bible did a really poor job <laughs> with <laughs> internal consistency. And yeah. New Charm, the problem, apart from not being around for that long, it's like, the major shakeups haven't allowed it to really establish a status quo of what the powers are, and uh, nobody's explained what the fucking importance of the Charmed Ones are. Mm Mhm. So, OG Charm's explanation was that they were prophesized by their ancestor Melinda Warren to be the three most powerful witches to protect the innocents. What I'm gonna do is that there are cosmic reasons for Charmed Ones to be born periodically. Okay. Every couple centuries.
0: So even if it's three sisters, it's not necessarily Charmed Ones. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, like, any old family can have three sisters. It's not guaranteed that they're going to be the charmed ones. And sometimes they're not even sisters. It's just cosmic reasons draw these three women together. So,
0: they don't have to be biological. They could be adopted. They don't have to be related. They could all be best friends. Yeah. It could be a polycule. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's what's more important is, like, when they are born, which is also why I picked the dates for their birth dates. Mm-hmm. So, December 21st. Winter solstice. Yes. June 23rd is midsummer. September 29th is St. Michael's Day, but it also falls within a whole bunch of very important harvest festivals. Okay. Yeah. Also, because I wanted her to have, like, a national air sign in the fall, and I'm just gonna. Weird zodiac raisins.
0: Cut to her. Lindsay pulling out star charts and stuff for this <laughs> theoretical fanfic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could have put her on September 21st, but that would make Allison a, v- a Virgo? And I'm like, no, that doesn't seem right. That's an Earth sign. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're born on these very important dates. There's various other cosmological stuff going on around them, and there was other magical related stuff about them. Like, uh, Audrey, she was born in a cult. So that's when you have the placenta wrapped around the baby when it's born. And it's right. been seen for a very long time as a sign of immense psychic ability.
0: Yeah, that's actually, going back a few episodes, that's a, a sign that the person born is going to be a Kresnik. Yeah. When I was talking about those guys.
1: Yeah. With Allison, if I could time it right, she would be born under a major meteor shower. Okay. Anna is the one who has a bit of a relation to stuff that was revealed in the first season of New Charmed. So in New Charmed, Macy is revealed to have been stillborn, and her mom did some, um, black magic to bring her back so she's technically half-demon. Good for her. Yeah. So, in this case, Anna was also a stillbirth. And what Michelle did was... So, I was doing some research into Chernabog. Because I was looking for alternatives to the devil. Also, as I said a couple of episodes ago, I don't want the Temple of Satan to be angry with us. They seem like, cool yeah. people. <laughs> so I was looking into Chernobog, and uh, Chernobog in traditional Slavic folklore is believed to have been at his greatest powers between December twenty first and December twenty third. Mm-hmm. With the idea being, at some point, he kills the old son Horus, who then reincarnates into the new son Yarilo. So. Super powerful god who kind of has powers over life and death, and I'm like, what if Michelle made an offering to Chernabog? Chernabog was able to give this stillborn child a soul, so that she could have life because she is too important for the greater cosmic stuff to not be alive. Mm-hmm. So there's some pact going on that needs to be addressed later on, and I think the agents of Chernabog are going to be like, okay. You need to fulfill uh, your end of the bargain, but, oh, look at that! Your mother's nowhere to be seen. Because also we're going to have, um, the the starting conflict is that Michelle disappears. So the sisters are like, what the fuck's going on? Why do we have these powers? And thus we can also justify having the white lighter involved. Because Mm -hmm. he's also watching them for the White Lodge. And all that.
0: The White Lighters are basically, their Giles. They're officially yeah. sanctioned Giles.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, you know what, let's let's make Caleb, like, yeah, he's trying to follow orders, but he is also, like, he gets to know the sisters, and he kind of sees things their way after a while, and he's like, oh, fuck. Fuck. The the White Lodge isn't all what it's cracked up to be.
0: He could be, because usually the kind of mentor is, like, this old, stuffy, tachy British guy. He could be, like, around their age, and so yeah. maybe he's even, like, a new, a newer white lighter. Yeah. This is his first assignment.
1: Yeah, because he will be easier to control because uh, Vincent Warren yeah. is going to come back.
0: Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Before we get into that, I, I had just had an idea that maybe one of the things the White Lodge doesn't even know if these sisters are necessarily going to be the Charmed Ones. Okay. Like, m- maybe they, like, there's a good chance because they have all of this, like, Cosmic. astrological stuff going on yeah. with them, but like, there are so many babies born all the time and so many women coming together in groups that, like, there could be a whole bunch of other potential charmed ones out there. And so yeah. they were just like, oh, okay, well, uh, what did you say the white lighter's name was?
1: Um, I decided to rename him Caleb Macaulay.
0: Okay, so yeah, there's like, oh, Caleb, just go go watch these three. They're they they're probably not going to be anything. We just need to get you out of our hair.
1: Yeah, so there's that. But I can also see Vincent being like, report back to me in particular, Caleb. Because yes. of all that. Because he also knows them all.
0: Yeah. And then Vincent, then we can have Vincent be like, well, I put Caleb in there because he's an incompetent, and then they wouldn't get any edge over me and Mm -hmm. my plans. I have schemes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Because, um, taking a page from the lore of Assassin's Creed,
0: Oh boy. The
1: whole thing about about the White Lodge is that they believe that all humanity should live in peace and harmony. Sounds good, but they're like, But under our terms, with us in charge, because we're the only ones who have the long lifespan and the plans and the means to actually, you know, pull this off. And the side of chaos is like, uh, no you don't! Free rights! But also the problem with chaos is that there's a tendency towards selfishness and short-sightedness. Yeah,
0: so basically... The, the White Lodge is saying that free will gets in the way of prosperity and the forces of chaos are saying free will is the most important thing, even if it ends up burning the world down. Yeah. And then in between the Charms are trying to say, hey, no, we can, we can be nice and have free will. We can learn how to figure things out, please.
1: Yes. We like the world.
0: <laughs> can you please stop smiting and or brainwashing people? It's getting old.
1: Yes. So that's pretty much the meta conflict that's going on. With the individual conflict being, first off, the first season would be like, where's our mom? Um, Why are we so important? How do our powers work? Yeah. And then something that I did like that was touched upon in the new charm, but not really used more often, was uh, they did draw upon other magical traditions and specifically there was this one episode where there was a spell written in the sister's mother's Book of Shadows that was written in Spanish. And apparently that's kind of a forbidden thing because all of the spells are supposed to be in Latin. Hmm. And I'm like, this is never gonna be touched on again. And um I wanna know like why is non why are non lamb spells like not kosher? Like
0: Is it the racism?
1: Yeah, it's gonna be the racism. There's racism <laughs> and classism. All up in the White Lodge's business, like does that? Hmm,
0: the White Lodge. Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what their deal is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Chaos side is like, do what thou wilt. <laughs> of
0: course, chaos. Like, chaos probably isn't going to be any better. Yeah. Necessarily, because as I said, they gonna...
1: have a bad issue with selfishness and might makes right.
0: Well, plus they'll just fall into the same trappings as any human culture in this world, or not any human culture, but like any organization made in this day and age where just because racism and classism are so steeped in our basic ideas of how the world should work that, yeah, they're not even gonna be uh, aware necessarily of stuff that's going on. Yeah. Forces of Chaos are going be like, oh, guys, we're all people. We can work together.
1: Well, there's that side, and then there's, like, the trying to be Crowley. I do what I fucking want!
0: Yeah. Ah-ha-ha-ha! I mean, at least with that guy, he says he hates everyone equally, and you believe it. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you had plans for the potentially replace with sister swapping or new sisters or something happening there.
1: Well, I wasn't actually going to do the whole sister swapping because, like that that entire thing with the Prue swapped out with Paige was because of the behind the scenes drama. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with Amber and her relationship to. Uh, The Charmed Ones, it's more like... I think it's going to be quasi-intent. She's kind of outside of this thing, but she also kind of makes up a corner of this because her powers are fire-based. And in at least the West, we envision the classical elements as being uh, earth, wind, fire, and water. Mm -hmm. And like there's entire magical rituals and all that that requires these four elements to work together. So... Like, on the one hand, with the sisters, I am going for a balance of, like, the sea sky trio. So, they work out great. It's just, you also have this oddball sister with rather dangerous set of powers, but she also represents energy and life force. Mm-hmm. Because fire is one of those elements that is uh, is both good and bad. It's, in fact, a neutral thing. Like, fire you can cook, and you can keep yourself warm with it, but it can also burn your house down, burn you, be very destructive.
0: I'm thinking, I have an idea. So, potentially taking a page out of Buffy, at least thematically, um, in the second season, or not the second, the seventh season, the final season, in the final televised season of Buffy, uh, it was revealed that basically, the Slayer was created when the very first iteration of the Watcher's Council, basically imprisoned the powers of a demon inside a young girl, and they did that specifically so that they could now then control this young girl. Yeah. And the whole Slayer system was set up so that even if it was a woman who they had to rest all their hopes on, there was this whole patriarchal organization that could control that woman. Yeah. So I suddenly thought, what if the thing with the Charmed Ones is that maybe the point is that there is actually supposed to be four to form a true quartet of charmed ones but at some point either probably the White Lodge because they're the the bureaucracy they're the ones who decide we need to clip a corner of this group off and make it just a triangle because we need to be able to control them and so then they changed all like the history and they made it seem like no charmed one is just it's the power of three will set you three it rhymes so it has to be true and then (laughs) And then at some point, the sister's like, wait, no, it's the power of four. It's the power of four, so shut up.
1: We form a core. There you go. (laughs) Just force that rhyme.
0: (laughs) It's the power of four and you're a boar. Yes. Punch.
1: Yeah, and it also, like, siphons off, I would say that the fire powers are the ones that are probably, they're a bit more showy and destructive and all that, so they're kind
0: of, yeah. Yeah. Just by default, that yeah. makes sense.
1: I mean, there's a reason why the Fire Nation were kind of the bad guys for a while.
0: Yeah, it's it's easier to focus on the destructive power of fire, and then you have to hone in and realize the, like, fire is destruction first, and then when you get into the metaphorical readings, then it goes into the importance, like, warmth and light and passion and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's like, examples such as Avatar or Shark Boy and Lava Girl.
1: Yeah. Um, Another thing about fire is, like, um, when forest fires happen and they work as they're supposed to properly work, they get rid of the old detritus on the bottom of the forest, which allows for newer growth to grow. And it also activates uh, various uh, seed pods and pine cones and all that. Mm -hmm. So it's life-giving. Yeah. But it also comes after destruction. It's part of a cycle. And the thing also is that most non-Western cultures have a secular vision of time and space. Exactly. So it's bringing that cycle back plus bringing balance back because in this time, I'm thinking about modern times and it's like, do we have too much order? Do we have too much chaos or are we getting to a point where order and chaos are getting too extreme?
0: I would, if if you want to get philosophical like that, I would say that pe- pe- the they're almost feeding off of each other into their extremes
1: in a very the,
0: destructive. The chaos is being created because the people who are in charge of order are trying to push a very specific order that results in people being marginalized, and so then when people try and push back about that, then they respond in chaos. Well. Hey, hey, can one of the sisters be trans? Yes. Good.
1: Because that's also... It was a bit of a thing I was going over and, like, something that was never fucking addressed in any version. Like, I'll forgive the 90s version, like, the 90s to 2000s version because it it was in the past. Like, nobody was really talking about that aside from the witch house. I won't
0: forgive them. (laughs) Just in principle.
1: Okay. (laughs) Ugh.
0: Um, and I won't forgive the 2018 one either. I mean, 2018 at least, they had one of the sisters be a lesbian. Yeah. But, like, it would have been nice if even the possibility of a trans witch was brought up?
1: Yeah. Trans and non-binary and more than just straight and lesbian, please?
0: Yeah. Like, it is, it is outright just creators are afraid of how things will be received. It's like, oh, but what if I do it wrong? Or what if I do it too right? And fucking, I don't know, Rose McGowan comes down from her cis planet uh, oh no, no! Don't don't call Rose McGowan cis. She doesn't like that label. Er, f- fuck you, Rose. Sorry, I I had to double check because I wasn't sure if Rose McGowan was actually transphobic or she just didn't like Caitlyn Jenner because those are two different. Those are two separate things. Mm-hmm. But no, she really is. I found out about the tirade.
1: Oh.
0: <sighs> so one of the sisters will be trans. Yeah,
1: yeah. So one of the sisters will be trans. Um. Which one? I don't know, because this is up to casting.
0: Yeah, it truly doesn't matter. Yeah. There's no deeper metaphor in what the meaning is behind it.
1: Yeah. And, like, when it comes to casting, like, again, the reason why I went with the adoption angle is to potentially maximize the amount of diversity that we can get. And, like, the big thing I'm looking for is the sisters have to interact like sisters. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not in the greatest position to dictate how sisters behave towards each other because I have a younger brother. I at least <laughs> know how siblings are supposed to interact. Yeah. Which is not lounging around on a bed in lingerie. That's... ugh.
0: <gasps> it's because of the haunted vagina. They were <laughs> cursed. <laughs>
1: A haunted vagina is supposed to repel sexual partners or drive them mad.
0: (laughs) I I mean, it depends on the partner. (laughs) I guarantee you some people would be into that.
1: Yeah, there's a fetish for everything. (laughs) (laughs) If you have it, they will come.
0: hold down your girl's panties, and you just see a sign that says, Abandon all hope ye who enter here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, there's like, on this grand scale, you have all this happening. On the smaller scale, you'll have the interpersonal relationships. Um, I would say that the youngest sister is going to be the one who's pushing the hardest to find mom. Because mm-hmm. she's the most attached. Yeah. Also because she's the youngest. Exactly. Um. The middle sister is going to be the one who's really into the nuts and bolts of of the magic and how it works and all that. The oldest sister, being a scientist and being on the more skeptical side, I think her approach should be like, okay, I want to know about the nuts and bolts, but like with physics and chemistry in mind.
0: Yeah. So the uh, the eldest is the mechanics and the middle is like the philosophy or the history. Yes. Yeah.
1: And then you have the poor, poor, fourth sister who has been trained her whole life to be this threshold guardian warrior of justice. And she goes through ex- existential crises.
0: Yeah. Would, would she almost be like a villain at the start? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then they Zuko her.
1: Yes. She gets the Zuko treatment. It's going to be a long, hard road, but don't worry, Amber, you're going to be a hero someday.
0: And then I'm thinking, what else can we do? Let's make... Was it Caleb or Caleb? Caleb. Okay, Caleb. Caleb can also be queer, because I don't think either series had any queer men at all.
1: Not that I know of.
0: And then and then we can just completely avoid anything where it's like, oh, one of the charmed ones is in love with their white lighter. How are they gonna deal with this?
1: <laughs> it's been done to death. They probably have a whole thing about, I don't know, workplace relationships. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honestly, just make, just make the entire principal cast queer. Because truly, truly, if you, you, you can give me the same plowed out relationship bullshit, but if it's up with a queer couple, then I'll be so much more invested.
1: Yeah. Uh, and then as for fun, I don't know, one-off episodes, look, we're going to set it in the Pacific Northwest where shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> they go to a haunted cabin, because why the fuck not?
0: There's a gill man loose <laughs> at the fish market.
1: Sasquatch, which is actually, I've been reading about Sasquatch, and uh, a lot more terrifying than I previously thought. Hmm. Especially if you went with, okay, what if Sasquatch actually acted like how we know primates act? Oh, fuck.
0: What if the episode was called Sasquatch is in the Mist?
1: <laughs> we work with it? lake monsters, ghosts, vampires. Yeah, why not throw in vampires? Vampires are always cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, Charmed really did just act on the same kind of formula as Buffy did when it came to Monster of the Week stuff mixed with, like, arcs going on. Yeah. So, yeah, there there's some spook random spookums happened. Someone wrote down the wrong incantation or, like, un- unsealed the book that wasn't supposed to be unsealed.
1: Mm-hmm. And, like, hey, with one of the sisters working in a used bookshop that airs towards being an occult bookshop, we're just gonna find its way there.
0: I knocked a bookshelf over, and now the actual Cheshire Cat has escaped.
1: <laughs> like, one of the ideas I had for Allison is that she was also into, like, computer science, and I'm like, computer tech which might, be, might be a neat thing to do.
0: There was actually, uh, Jenny Callender from the first two seasons of Buffy was a cyber Wiccan.
1: Ooh. But also this is like, <laughs> <laughs> early 2000s this, cyber.
0: Not even, this was late 90s cyber Wiccan.
1: Oh. Yeah, so that's the general outline, and I think you could easily get about five seasons and two short seasons. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, have fun with this. Like, there's a nice tone to set between having fun and taking stuff seriously. You can't be serious all the time, otherwise it becomes a dredge to watch, especially if we are going to go with a CW 22 episode slate. Yeah. We shall have filler. Mm Mm-hmm. There was one time when the showrunners promised a Fitbit demon, and I would like to fulfill that promise.
0: Yeah, yeah! Yeah! Now, okay, so, would it make you exercise too much?
1: Yes, by saying that you are not doing enough. Oh no,
0: it's, you must sacrifice your steps to me.
1: (laughs) Oh, we could do an entire episode that's a shout-out to, like, 2001 A Space Odyssey. We could have our own house.
0: Ooh. That could be fascinating.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because, like, the idea of, like, the ghost of the machine in all that is a really interesting idea.
0: Yeah. Um, I was about to make a joke about how your Tamagotchi has been possessed by the devil, <laughs> but then I remembered there is a horror comic artist I follow on Twitter, uh, Nicolette Bocalon Clegg. She wrote a story called Stanley Needs a Nest, which is about someone who, like, had a demonic Tamagotchi. Oh, wow. And so, listen, there's a lot of really good horror comics people on Twitter and on the internet in general, and I feel like getting them to do some, like, story outlines or spec scripts or even just start storyboarding episodes, that would be really cool. Yeah. Because even though this is supposed to be, like, a fun, sexy fantasy, we can get fucking scary with it.
1: Yeah. Why not?
0: Let's get creepy.
1: Yeah. As I said, Pacific Northwest, it's just like a magnet for all sorts of weird, creepy shit.
0: Welcome to Charmed, featuring a cameo appearance from Long Horse.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Caleb shows up and is like, Girls, I want to introduce you to my new boyfriend,
1: Siren Head. <laughs> 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 oh, we could have an entire town that's just a big old shout-out to Silent Hills.
0: Yeah. Is there any, any other spec scripts you want to submit for this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm. I don't know, I would have to plumb the there's this one series I've been watching on YouTube. It's called um These Woods Are Haunted. And it's naturally yeah, <laughs> and it's all uh stories uh narrated by people who had uh supernatural encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh the first season is predominantly Sasquatch incidents in more like the in the Ohio Ozark Appalachian region because apparently Sasquatch has been spotted there. And um can I say that's kinda that's kind of scary. There was this one story of um two men and one of the men's sons going out to look for Sasquatch in a national forest, and uh they basically got chased out by a Sasquatch. Huh. Yeah. Uh there was a woman who went ghost hunting at a haunted prison and something that she took a picture of followed her home. Oh shit. Oh, that's totally something that we can do. We have we have to have like maybe some someone, it doesn't have to be the Charmed Sisters, but it could be someone within their lives who goes legend tripping or goes on one of those ghost tours and something latches onto them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, the, see that's that's the stuff that messes with me because it's like, hey, I love the supernatural as long as it stays in its own house. <laughs> yeah. I didn't invite you in.
1: <laughs> yes, um at least the vampires have the decency of requiring being invited in.
0: Oh what if what if it's a vampire who's hunting by just booking places for um um what's it called? Where where you where you go to someone's house? Oh, they're doing
1: like the uh Airbnb?
0: Yeah, there because if putting out an Airbnb would count as an invitation for them?
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: And it can. I like that. It can be a metaphor for like how Airbnb itself is dangerous and toxic and blood sucking, but also there's a vampire there too.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's more just like kind of plumbing the depths of the internet to get some good stories because there's always yeah. like, are no sleep, real good source mm-hmm. for stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I don't go there anymore. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Can we think of anything else or have we reached the end of this?
1: I think we've reached the end. Um, All right. Yeah.
0: In that case, I will combine my powers with you and our long lost. Oh wait, no, we we have a a third sibling. It's Ryan. Yes. (laughs) We're going to reach our powers to Ryan so we can summon a friendship promo. (laughs)
1: Hey everybody, this is Marn, and I've got a new podcast coming out on this feed right here. Dead Letter Society is a horror book club podcast where I bring my friends into my spooky, scary library of terror to talk about their favorite horror novels, short stories, novellas, or interactive fiction pieces. We're going to unpack why they're so effective and analyze just what is it about them that scares us. The show starts in August and it'll update every other Thursday after that with a little pilot season I recorded with some friends back before quarantine hit. After that we're gonna be back with season two in a slightly different format that I think that you'll really enjoy. So tune in on August 6th for the first episode or subscribe to the Orange Grove's Patreon to listen to it right now!
0: Alright, Lindsay, what spell must people cast in order to find you on the internet?
1: I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476 That's Lindsay spelled with an A and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there Tanner, where can people find you?
0: You can find me on Twitter at sparkyupstart and Instagram at sparkyyoungupstart You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at n-i-i-r-y-f-pod Those are the letters for Not If I You First and they're pronounced like that sick guitar chord in the middle of the theme song because me. You can also email us at notafaraboutyoufirst at gmail.com or you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or your secret fourth siblings. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea, because we like being surprised. Or you could send us a friendship promo in the form of an audio clip or just a proof for us to read. We also have a Patreon, which we haven't been promoting because we feel uncomfortable asking for money when there are so many other places that need money as well. However, we did actually get a third Patreon. Oh! So we'd like to take a brief moment to thank our now three Patreons, Charlie, Cassidy, and Julia.
1: Thanks, Charlie, Cassidy, and Julia. Um,
0: But yeah, there's other places that need money much more so than we do, so be sure if you can to donate to bail funds, to trans safety funds, housing, or medical stuff, or all manner of things. There are so many people that need our help. If you can give it, then you should give it. If you want to help us in a non-financial manner, you can rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me, and I'll try and get us in there.
1: Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter.
0: And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, aka Patou, and her work can be found on ptche Our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. So, Tanner. So, Lindsay. What are
1: we doing next week?
0: I do not know what we're doing next week, because I'm pretty sure we have a guest next week. Yes, we do have a guest next week. I don't know what their topic is going to be, but looking forward to it, because it is a first-time guest. But yeah, so whatever the topic is next week, sure it's going to be a fun one. And we'll see y'all then.
1: Bye.
0: Oh, but not if we reboot you first. I didn't segue properly. It's fine. (laughs) They know. They know. They know.
1: They know. They know. They know.
0: All right. I'm calling it.
1: <laughs> Bye. Bye.